0: I'm going to call this the reality of God, the, re- the real God. This is what it's going to be. The real God versus the religious God. All right. And unfortunately today, you know, let, let's talk about this a minute. When Jesus came to the earth, you know, he was mad at sinners all the time, right? He, he just didn't like them. No. No. Who was he irritated with all the time? Religious. Who? Religious. What is religion? It's tradition of men. And, you know, a lot of times, even in our circle, in our church, we say, oh, we're not religious. We're not religious. But what is, uh, what is tradition? What is religion? It's doing things in a methodical way. You know, if you look over, um, I know the denomination I came from, the guy that they claimed started it, he, if anybody could roll over in his grave, he would. Because he started in fire. He, w- he would have been the Pentecost of that season. And then they changed the fire of God into a form, to a method. And so what happens is the fire goes out and the almightiness of God goes away and then we're just right back to what they did in the old covenant. They tried to do things by method and that's all they had. But we don't live in, a new co- we don't live in an old covenant, we live in the new covenant. And when Jesus was on the earth, he was not irritated or mad at sinners. He wasn't, they they did not disdain it. That's who he came for. Yes, right. He said it's not the sick, it's not the well that need a doctor, it's the sick. Yeah, yes. right. Well, I just want to tell you, there's a lot of sick folk today, not just physical. Yeah. They're mentally sick, they're emotionally sick, and they're spiritually dead. And I believe that the harvest is plenteous. The fruit is ripe. Hallelujah. And the Lord is looking for a group of people who will go get them. Because it's that season. But you have, I have to be really clear. You all with me today? You all with me? Because I'm going to need your help. I'm really, you know, I've been ministering um, for 30 plus years. And there's some roots in me. And I didn't grow up Pentecostal, but I don't know where I got them, but I got some Pentecost in me. What does that mean? People don't like that word today. It just means I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I speak in tongues. Amen. I believe in laying hands on the sick. I believe in casting out devils. Lost some of you. I believe in the glory of God. I believe in the manifest presence of God. I believe in all nine manifestations of the Holy Ghost. I believe, I believe, I believe that just like Jesus, we can go around doing good and healing all that are oppressed of the devil. I believe, just like the day of Pentecost, the fire of God is in my life and it manifests in my life. Amen. So. Now, listen to me. I grew up religious, traditions, and it could not help me and it could not keep me. And when I was young, because it could not help me and could not keep me, I went into the world and got really messed up. And so that's why I'm passionate about this. And so for 30-some years, these roots that are in me. Now, as a pastor, I minister what the Holy Ghost says to minister when he says to do it. Sometimes you need to know something about your marriage. Sometimes you need to know something about your finances. Sometimes you need to know that you're righteous, that you're holy, that you're sanctified. And then sometimes he lets me get into uh, what I have, and I'm excited about it. So I hope you'll come along the journey with me because I'm getting—you're going to see some of my roots roots. You're going to see some of my spiritual roots. You're going to see what this church was uh, born in, the fire that it was born in and the fire that it has. And listen to me, uh, this is not an hour to draw back. No, listen, this is not the hour. I do not want God to have any displeasure with me. He doesn't, he's not pleased with them to the draw back. This is an hour to, to show everybody who he really is decently and in order. Don't anybody get all uh, worked up, but I'm telling you that the, the, and we're going to look at the real God versus the religious God. And this is the only way I know how to do it. So, um, and I just want to remind you, the Lord was most irritated with the religious of the day. Those that had a form of godliness and denied the power thereof. And he said, the word of God says, it's the traditions or the religion of men, man-made, that makes the word of God. Well, oh, the word of God can do anything. No. If you, if you yield to the traditions and religion, then it makes, the, it makes the word of God. It makes the word of God of no effect in your life. How I many you know the word of God always produces what it's supposed to produce? So we've got to look at some things. So this will help you individually. This will give you some vision of the church. And I believe it will give you some vision for the last days. This will give you some vision individually. This will give you some vision for Cornerstone Word of Life Church. Uh, this will give you the vision, uh, show you, uh, you know, the roots of who we are. And also also will show you the vision of what God has for the last days. So familiar scripture. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Give you. I would call these the... We'll call these the main text. I don't know about you, but I'm really excited. Hallelujah. First Corinthians chapter two, verses four and five. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of whose wisdom? What is that? That's religion. That's tradition. Come on, there's two kinds of wisdom in the world. Really, even religion and, and, and tradition comes from, the Bible says that there's wisdom that comes from this earth. It's devilish. It's sensual. And there's another kind of wisdom, and that's the wisdom of God. He said, my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but but in a demonstration of the spirit and power. So man's wisdom doesn't produce anything, but the word of God will produce a demonstration of the spirit and power. Verse five, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men. In other words, you can't have the faith of God and the faith of God standing in tradition, standing in religion, and standing in the wisdom of men. The only way your faith will work is uh, that it that it rests in the power of God. How does why does it say that? Because the word produces the power of God. We should not when we believe the word, it produces something. And they went forth everywhere and they preached the word, and the Lord worked with them, confirming His word with signs following. When the word of God is preached, when the word of God is received, when the word of God is believed, there is a manifestation. There is a demonstration. There is a change. Religion means everything is the same. Nothing you do produces anything. It's just the same old, same old, same old. There's no healing. There's no health. There's no deliverance. There's no restoration in traditions of men, but it's the same, you know, if you can even say the same word with believing that this is a tradition and we say it, and then there's saying the word believing that it will produce what it was sent to produce because God's word never fails and it will cause something to happen. We've got to, you know, and and I can't control and you can't control what anybody else believes, what anybody else does anywhere else in the world. But you can believe, you can control what you believe. You can control what you receive and you can control what God is able to demonstrate in your life. I'm going to say it again. God is not, uh, you're not waiting on God. God is waiting on you. Well, no, I'm waiting on him. No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. He's our, Jesus has sat down at the right hand of the Father. All his work is done. You, it, come on, when you, when, when you wanted to get saved, Jesus didn't get up from his seat, come back to the earth, go back to hell and get up again. You just received what was already done. Yeah. And that's the way it works with God. God's side is done. God's side is done. Our side has begun and we're gonna receive, amen. First Thessalonians chapter one. Hallelujah. First Thessalonians chapter one, verses five and six, for our gospel. What is the gospel? It's the good news. So when someone is preaching the gospel, you can preach the gospel in the United States, but the same message uh, can be received in India. The same message can be received in the Philippines. The same message can be received in Zambia. The same message can be received in Nigeria. In other words, if it doesn't work everywhere, it's not the gospel. If it's pertinent just to, if it's always just pertinent to you and your little group, it's probably not the gospel. It's not the good news. And the good news is good news. Come on. The good news is good news. And the good news ought to leave you excited For our gospel came not in you in word only. So also when the gospel comes, it's not just in words. Now, see, religion doesn't like this next part because it doesn't really. It just wants to go through the motions and soothe its conscience tribe, but it doesn't really want to see anything. But the truth of the matter is, the reality of God is when you preach the word, things change. When you preach the word, somebody shows up called the Holy Ghost. For our gospel came not in you in word only, but also in power. Who is the power? It's the Holy Ghost. And that doesn't mean uh, this all, uh, all the time. We'll talk about it later probably. But it doesn't always, the power of the Holy Ghost doesn't mean just laughing and dancing and running. That could be a part of it. But it could just mean your deliverance. It could mean depression gone, peace come. It could mean a marriage restored. It could mean your body healed. So don't just think power in um, kind of a, a demonstration that way. No, all ki- the power of God makes all kinds of change. Yes, sometimes people respond to the Holy Ghost, but I want you to think about power making a permanent change, making a real change. You shall know the truth. The truth will make you free. When I speak the truth, the power shows up. When I speak the truth, the power shows up. When I preach the gospel, the power comes. And so, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost. Everybody say in the Holy Ghost. So there's power in the Holy Ghost. Say power Power. in the Holy Ghost. Listen, God is love. God is holy. But don't you ever forget he is the almighty God. He is the, God. come on, he has shown his power all throughout the entire uh, word of God to us because he wants us to understand it. And, uh, and in much assurance, what does that mean? Much assurance. Um, it means great conviction and absolute certainty. But so the gospel comes to you not in word only. So if there's word and word and word, And nothing ever changes, I guarantee you it's tradition, 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 or it's word preached, not believed. Not trying to be tradition, but it's word preached, not believed. Because when the word is preached, power comes. And it doesn't mean always running around the room or dancing. I like that. I love that. But it means there's results. Come on, I want the results. I want the come on, we're not of those that have hope deferred when their heart is sick. What does that mean? They, well God can. No, God has. Yeah, God can, I know, but more you gotta get past God can. God has. What has he done? He's ready and waiting. That when the word of God is preached, the word of God is received, the word of God is believed, what happens? Much power in the Holy Ghost, much assurance of certainty. And you know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. Verse 6. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word. There was much affliction at that time. There might be some affliction now with joy of the Holy Ghost. So, what else? When I receive the word, how do I tell I got it? Ah, I got some joy about it. By the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. No, by the stripes of Jesus, I have been healed. Hallelujah. My God shall supply all of my need. Amen. The peace of God that Jesus left me, I walk in, and it surpasses my understanding. Amen. Glory to God. All right. So those are my main texts. We'll work off of those. Now you're ready for today's sermon. We're going to start in an interesting place. Leviticus. How could we start in Leviticus? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. Or I guess just look on your screen. Leviticus 9, King James, verse 22. It says, And Aaron lifted up his hand toward the people, and he blessed them and came down from offering, sin offering, burnt offering, peace offerings. I'm just going to throw a little New Testament in. Jesus is all those offerings. He offered once and for all. And Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle of the congregation and came out. And bless the people. So they came out and they pronounced the blessing like Jesus, you know, when he blessed the bread and the loaves, that blessing that Pastor Belinda's been talking about, he blessed them. And when he did, the glory of the Lord appeared. Everybody say, The glory of the Lord. Glory what did it do? It appeared. That means it wasn't there and now it is there. What is that? The manifest presence of God. What is the glory? Well, remember the children of Israel. They were led by a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. The glory of God manifested in a cloud. And it manifested to how many of the people? All the people. And there came a fire out from the Lord. uh, Came a what? Fire out before the Lord. And it consumed upon the altar the burnt offering and the fat. And when the people saw, they did what? They did what? They shouted. What's the Lord been trying to get you to do? Shout with the voice of triumph. What's he been trying to get you to do? Shout. They shouted and then they fell on their face. And then uh, then I want you to look at 2 Chronicles chapter 7. There's a lot of different ones we could look at, but I just want to I want to get you this. Second Chronicles 7, 1 through not 1 Chronicles, 2nd Chronicles. Now, when Solomon had made an end of praying, what came down? And consumed the burnt offering. Who's the offering today? Jesus and the sacrifices. But who else is the offering today? We'll jump ahead. Romans 12, 1 and 2. What are you supposed to offer? Your body a? Aren't you glad you don't have to be dead? A living sacrifice. So the fire came from heaven. Let's go back. Um, Leviticus, uh, 2 Chronicles 7. And fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices. And the what? Of the Lord filled the house. Right? Verse 2. And the priests could not enter into the house of the Lord because of the, what? we shout glory. glory. Of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. Who's the Lord's house today? Verse 3. Throw a little New Testament in there. And when all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord upon the house. So you see fire, the fire of God, and the glory of God. You see the fire of God, you see the glory of God. They bowed themselves with their face to the ground upon the pavement and worship and praise the Lord, saying, for he is good and his mercy endures forever. So I wanna to talk to you about the fire of God a little bit because the reality of God versus the religiosity of God, one has fire, one does not. One has glory, one has not. And so, if we want to be walking with the reality of who God is, then you've got to open up yourselves and realize who God really is and what the traditions of man say that he is. It's a Sunday morning. Can y'all handle it? I mean, everybody say fire Fire. and glory. glory. First Kings, first Kings, chapter 18. Uh, Does anybody think, as a whole, I've given you statistics. That as a whole, the United States of America is in a backslidden condition. Uh, First, I'm not backslidden. Are you backslidden? Are you on fire? You full of God, Amen. I I would I would suggest to you the way that we can help them the most is to get on, get more on fire, Uh, get more word in us, Uh, proclaim some things, speak some things. First King chapter eighteen. 21 through 39, I'm not going to read all of it, but let's start at verse twenty. Elijah came into all the people and said, how long will you halt between two opinions? How long are you going to have one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom of God? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then you just go ahead and follow him. Make a choice. I remember, we were back the first of the year or the last year, I think it was. I kept during Wednesday prayer. No, it was a couple of years ago, I guess, because we were over there Wednesday praying. The Lord was just as we were praying out in the Holy Ghost, it was like, You choose. Make a choice. Make a choice. Everybody choose. Come on. How long are you going to hold? Come on. I know I'm not talking to you. You've already decided. But they're going to have to make a choice. And really the choice is, are you going to serve the real God or are you fine with your religious one that you made up? If he's God, let's follow him. If you want to go with the traditions of men, then that's fine. Go that way. But don't halt between the two. Praise the Lord. If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. And the people answered him. Just got real silent about it. So, now later you're gonna find out Elijah had a word from the Lord, all right? But he said in verse 24, remember he was with them and, he's, and he's, he, he was ready for a showdown. And this would make a great movie. Verse 24, and he said verse 24, you call on the name of your gods and I'll call on the name of the Lord. And the God that answers by fire, everybody say answers. Yes. By what? Fire. And wherever there's fire, there's glory. Because yes. he is the Almighty. And this was natural in the old covenant. It was natural fire. It was real fire that came. Why? How could that be? Well, uh, uh, because God, he has that attribute about him that we're going to see in just a minute. Um, the God that answers by fire, let him be God. And the people answered and said, it is well-spoken. Okie dokie. And then remember what happened? Um, Verse 27, it came to pass at noon that Elijah mocked them. Because remember, they were calling on their God. He said, cry, he, and said, cry aloud, for, is, for he is a God. Either he's talking, or he's pursuing, or he's on a journey, he's on vacation. Or for he's taking a nap and must be awakened. So he just got real bold about it. Yeah. And they cried aloud, and then they cut themselves. Cutting's not new. It's always been demonic. And they cut themselves after that manner with knives and, and uh, lances till the blood gushed out upon them. And then what happened? It's time for the evening sacrifice. And this is verse 30. And Elijah said unto all the people, Come near unto me. And the people came near unto him. Why? They saw the failure of Baal. Or we would say we saw the failure of the traditions of men. We see the failure of religion. And he said, now it's time. To repair the altar of the Lord, because it's broken down. So they had to do that. And then he said, Get 12 stones. What is that? Covenant talk. Get 12 stones. And so they put him in. And then remember, if you look at then he said, Let's get now. Remember, this is the middle of a drought. They are without water. And he says, get, uh, you know, if you read it, you have to do some multiplication, but it ends up with 12 barrels of water. What is that? Covenant talk. And there's so much water that it's just overflowing. Why? Because he wants him to see God is real. These people, these guys who are worshiping Baal, they're tricksters. They're, that's not real. It, it doesn't work. But I serve the almighty God who's always true to his word. And so let's, let's douse this thing and you're gonna see this has come from heaven. And then it came to pass, um, uh, let's see, uh, Verse 36, um, and it came to pass the time of the offering, the evening sacrifice, that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and, and of Israel, covenant, let us be known this day that you're the God of Israel, and that I am your servant, and I have done these things at your word. In other words, you can't go down to downtown Madison, because it's illegal anyway, but even on your farm, you can't go get a fire, uh, uh, you know, some wood, pour some water on it, and said the God who answers by fire, let him be God, because you'll be standing there all morning, noon, and night, and nothing will happen. Elijah didn't do this because he thought it was a good idea. He did it at the word of the Lord. You now the faith begins where the will of God is known. He didn't come up with a bright idea one day and said, this is why I'm going to fix those people. That's not what happened. God told him what to do. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people that know, come on, this is what needs to happen right now. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that you are the Lord God. And you have turned their hearts back again. Then the fire of the Lord, verse 38, fell and consumed the bird offering and the wood. This is some good fire. And the stones, I have personally never seen a fire disintegrate a stone. And lick up the water, I don't even know what that's like. That was in the trench. In other words, there was gonna be no doubt this was God Almighty. And when the people saw it, Listen to me, unsaved people need to see something. Unsaved people, you know, I don't need to see anything. We believe. We walk by faith, not by sight. But unsaved people, backslidden people, the Lord's going to say, hey, I want to show you who I am. I remember when I was in the Philippines one time, uh, my good friend Russ uh, took a team over there, and I was supposed to teach in Bible schools. And um, uh, when I got there, he's like, I got to leave the country. Um, we got this crusade because Russ is, a, you know, uh, along with being an apostolic, he, he, his main bent is evangelism. And so he can do a crusade drop his hat, you know, just like Christopher along only these were smaller. But so I got to the Philippines. He said, I got to go. So you got to preach the crusade. I said, no, 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 no. I don't do that. I, I'm pa- me, pastor, me, uh, trained Bible school students. I'm not doing no crusade. He said, you, you, are, here, here's a book, read it, do it just like that. And then he just left. So I read that book many times and then I did it. And what was interesting to me is I just preached the gospel message. We were in this court, uh, you know, I don't know, not a, a thousand plus people, but the word of knowledge began to work and God began to heal people like popcorn back in the office back there. I still have it. There's a little boy about four years old. You can see his legs. He's never walked. He walked for the first time in his life. There was a guy I tell this story all the time. I'll never forget this man. Uh, he had a red tank top on and he looked mean and he came came up and he, he had a scar from here down through an eye through here. Well, the Lord opened his eye and he could see. And then you know what happened? Then, then uh, afterwards, so we saw all these miracles and all these testimonies. And then what happened was I gave an altar call. And mama whose baby got, born, uh, got, got healed got born again. The man in the red tank top who looked mean that I didn't want to meet in the alley before that. The Lord healed him anyway. And then he got born again. Sometimes people got to see it when they're, you you know, the Lord, will. he's so gracious and so kind. He'll show some people his almightiness and then that leads them to repentance. Not always, but many times. All right. So let's look at this. And when the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Amen. And then we see in Malachi, where, you, you know, you and I look at where we take up the tithe. But let's look at Malachi chapter 3. Malachi, so go to Matthew and then go back one. Malachi chapter 3. Y'all good? Are, are you, are, do you believe that God is still the God of fire? The God of power. Malachi 3.1. Now we're transitioning from the old to the new. In the old covenant, actual fire came down from heaven. Let, let's go ahead and jump ahead a little bit. Um, he, uh, Hebrews 10.29. Uh, some of you don't know why the coffee house is named 10.29. Because way back yonder, it was in the A-frame, it was a, a fundraiser for the youth group. And so they came up with cool names. And so 10.29, Hebrews 10.29, our God is a consuming fire, coffee hot. I don't know. anyway, but that's why it was called that. I don't even know if we call it that anymore. But how I many know our so that's Hebrews is what? New covenant. And what is it? What does it say? Hebrews 1029? 1229. That's why it's called it. So 1029 didn't make any sense. You should have yelled something. 1229. For our God is a because was looking at me kind of strange. Uh, our God is a say it again. Say my God is a consuming fire. And he, Hebrews 1229 is in the New Testament. Where's Deuteronomy 4.24? It's a a what? And what does it say? Same thing. And adds, he's a jealous God. The God of the old covenant is the same God of the new covenant. We just have a better covenant established on better promises. And in the new covenant, there are more things that are spiritual Because once we get born again, God is a spirit and those who worship him, worship him in spirit and truth. He only could deal with the old covenant people by everything in the natural because that's all they could receive. They were not born again. They were servants. We are children. But God is the same God. He is still the almighty in the old, and yet he is the almighty in the new. The difference is Jesus came and took our penalty. He came and took our place. All of our sins were placed upon him. Every sickness, disease, poverty, uh, uh, the chastisement of our peace was upon him. Jesus paid the ultimate price. But I want you to know that the God of the old is the God of the new, but we just have a new and a better covenant. So if he did something in the old, he's going to be doing it in the new, unless he said it's been done away with. But here I want you to see... In Malachi 3, it says this it's prophesying about Jesus. Behold, I will send a messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. That's John the Baptist. And the Lord, whom you seek, and suddenly he'll come to his temple. He did that. Even the messenger of the covenant, whom you delight in, behold, he shall come, says the Lord of hosts. But who may abide in the day of his coming? Who shall stand when he appears? He's like refiner's fire and a fuller soap, and he shall sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver, and he shall purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver, that they may offer the Lord an offering in righteousness. So Jesus, remember what John the Baptist said. He said, I baptize you with water unto repentance, but there's someone coming that's mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. I bapt-. come on, and he's going to do what? What's Jesus going to do? He's going to baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire. Listen, Listen, tongues is just an evidence, but you ought to got some fire. Yes. Tongues is just an evidence. You ought to got some fire. Yes. You ought to get some fire. We need to be more uh, aware of when someone gets baptized in the Holy Ghost, they're supposed to get the fire of God. Tongues is just an evidence. Yes. Yes. Are you with me? All right. Acts chapter 2. <laughs> the reality of God is he is the God of, he, he, ooh, he still answers by fire. He's the God who answers by fire. Last week was the day of, Pente- you know, we celebrated Pentecost. So Acts chapter 2, you all are familiar with this, but let's get into it real quick. And, and, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were, they were all in one accord in one place. Well, if you want the fire of God to fall, then what do you got to be? You got to be in unity in one accord. You got to be believing the same thing, expecting the same thing. I believe at Cornerstone we're in unity in one accord. Don't tell me any different if we're not, but I believe we are. I I know we are. And suddenly, everybody say suddenly. Suddenly. There came a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and sat on them. Cloven tongues. So now the fire is spiritual, but it comes and sits on them. Everybody say "Holy Holy Ghost. Come sit on me. I'm so glad you just tell, you say what I tell you. Hallelujah. And they were all filled. They were all filled. Verse 4. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now I want you to see something. When, when the fire of God comes, things change. And here you see the beginning of the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Now, I don't know how you were raised, and I know most of you understand and understand what I'm about to say, but the Spirit of God is still pouring out on all flesh. There is a one time for each and every individual you ought to get born again. Then after you get born again, you need to get filled with the Holy Ghost, get the fire of God with the evidence speaking in other tongues. But there should be in many times in your life, uh, you should have a continual uh, filling. Uh, Ephesians says, be being filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking to yourselves in Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So we need to stay full. And if you you all live in this world and you know this world takes things out of you, you gotta stay full, not only of the word, but you gotta stay full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. But I want you to see here, when God poured out fire in the Holy Ghost, what the effects were. So if fire is present, are you with me? God is a consuming fire. Jesus is the baptizer of the Holy Ghost and fire. If fire is present, then the ultimate of what should happen is listed here in Acts chapter 2. What should happen, what should be when the fire is present, there are results. And these are the results. Um, So there should be a change. With a demonstration of God's, uh, 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 of, with the demonstration and with the word of power, it's number one. They were all filled. So when God, the power of God, the fire of God is a manifestation. Everybody has an opportunity to get filled, and then um, we can see if you start at verse seven going down. They were speaking in other tongues and language. But when you get filled, it should begin to benefit others. It should begin to benefit others. In other words, you've been changed so much. Now here, they spoken in language that the others understood. They heard them glorifying God. But I'm telling you, when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, when you get the fire of God in your life, it will begin to affect everybody around you. How can you tell you got the fire? Because it begins to benefit everybody around you. Sometimes in our circles, we think when the fire is here that, that you know, I, I love the jumping. I, I'm, I'll be, if the Holy Ghost is dancing, I'll dance with him. If he's laughing, I'll laugh with him. I know some people don't like those manifestations, but I believe when the Holy Ghost is in the room, sometimes you'll respond to him. And I can prove those are scriptural um, uh, responses all throughout the word of God to the Holy Ghost. But sometimes in our circles, we get so caught up on those that what the criticism is, is they become a bless me club. And wherever there's criticism, you ought to look at it because it should not, the blessing shouldn't just stop with you feeling good. If you've got the fire in you, it immediately helps somebody else. It immediately helps somebody else. Real fire causes real change. And what does a fire do? Oh, man. When I was little, some of you heard this. um, I grew up between two cities. I lived out on a pig farm, out on a little bitty farm in the the country. And we had a volunteer fire department. I lived, if you ever get up Route 1 in Illinois, a little town called Oliver. Oliver. We had two churches and uh, one um, place where you could go get some candy and some Dr. Pepper. But other than that, there wasn't much going on there. My mom always tells everybody she was the mayor. She wasn't. And so, because we didn't have any mayors. And so, um, and, if she, and she wouldn't have been the mayor. Another lady would have been the mayor. Anyway, so, um, but whenever, after they built the fire, because it's such a small community, when the volunteer fire department thing went off, you could see everybody, who was called to go, they would go, they'd get in their trucks and they would go to the fire station. But everybody else would do what? It was interesting. They would look out their door because usually that means it's somebody they know. And then what we would all do is then we would get in our car, after the fire truck went, then we would all get in our cars and see where they were going. I'm telling you, if you'll get on fire, people come watch you burn. Hallelujah. For you, what happens? The Spirit of God is poured out on your flesh. How I many you know of any place that needs the Holy Ghost, your flesh needs it? So the Spirit of God poured out. Um, and then what else is going to happen? Well, the result of the fire of God, the result of the Holy Ghost is your sons and your daughters will begin to prophesy. Um, some of you who are older, you'll begin to dream dreams. Hallelujah. So, there's results of the fire. Anybody remember Peter? I don't know him. I don't know him. Cuss, cuss. I don't know him. Yes, Jesus restored him. But suddenly, on the day of Pentecost, Peter, of all people, do you see the miracle of this? He, He was so afraid that he denied Jesus to a little girl cussed to join in. But on the day of Pentecost, when the fire hit him, he's suddenly up expounding the word of God and, and, and he becomes bold. So if you get fire, that boldness that comes on you, thank God for the speaking in tongues. Thank God for the jumping up and down. Thank God for the running around room. Thank God I'll even roll on the floor with you if, I, if the Holy Ghost is moving. But more importantly, thank God for boldness to reach out into the community, to reach out into your family, to reach out into, cause see if there's fire present, it ought to make you bold, Amen. not arrogant, not obnoxious, not belligerent, not bullhorn happy, but it ought to make you bold to be able to tell somebody what Jesus has done in your life. Amen. And, and to expound what, what, what he's doing. Amen. Uh, what happened? Well, in verse 15, because and I'll, let me get to this. It says in verse 15, Acts 2.15, it says, Peter said, these are not drunk. Now, don't raise your hand if you've ever been drunk in the natural. But have you seen anybody? I know you've probably seen somebody on TV. You were probably not one of them. But how many of you know you can't confuse a drunk person? Drunk people back then act like drunk people did that were around you. Maybe they were staggering around. It wasn't that they were speaking in tongues. Uh, maybe they were giving everything away. Come on, I know, I know some waiters and waitresses after the bars have closed. They're very, the waiters and waitresses are very happy people because the tips are huge. Why? Because they just give everything away. I don't know what was going on here. They were swaying. I don't know. They were rejoicing. They were free. Drunk people looked like, they weren't confused because they spoke in tongues. They were acting like drunk people. So there is a manifestation of the Holy Ghost and fire that caught. And now now listen to me. If you don't understand that, then you prefer a traditional God and a religious God. That's what you prefer. And you just might as well own up to it. But not around here. Now we believe in decent and order, but he's God. He's God. He's God. He's God. Hallelujah. And when he gets on your flesh, it might cause you to do a little something, something. Now, really, if it's the Holy Ghost, it won't draw attention to you. It'll draw attention to him. I know there's folks that they love to be the center of attention. If you're the only one doing anything, it's probably not God. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, listen, let's be serious. Maybe some of you came out of churches. One of the things that people always say about Cornerstone is I love to go there. It's a a spiritual place, but it's a safe place. Why is it a safe place? Because we just don't allow, I don't allow people run around prophesying to you. People, you know, if you've got a word for somebody, there's there's an order to that. And it's not that you go give it to them because they don't know you. We're not going around prophesying to one another. Um... You know, when people come for for uh, the ministers to lay hands on them, they didn't come for you to lay hands on them. Everybody okay? There's some things that make it safe. I grew up in charismatic, well, not, I, I grew up in tradition, got baptized with the Holy Ghost in charismatic crazy. I, I prefer the charismatic crazy over the tradition, but I saw some crazy. And... It drove people away. God is not chaos. He's a God of order. But he is a God of power. But you got to decide, even though maybe you came from some of that, I, I, I want the God who is the almighty. I want the fire of God. I want the power of God. And, and I'm not going to go back into tra- to tradition. I'm not going to go back into religion. Everybody good? Hallelujah. What did he say in verse 19? Let's look at Acts 2, 19. He said, and I will show wonders. Who's the real God? I will show wonders. This is New Testament. This is after the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. This is the day of the Pentecost. Uh, some people call this the day the church was born, but, but uh, the, the power of God was there. But, but what did he say? He said, I will show, um, he's pro- he prophesied and he's interpreting what happened from Joel. And he said, I will show wonders in heaven signs in the earth, blood, fire, vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, the moon into blood before that great notable day of the Lord. And it will come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be what? Fire should result in salvation. Mightiness of God should result in salvation. The true outpouring of the Holy Ghost should result in people being saved. And there, salvation, that should also mean healed. That should also mean delivered. All that salvation is. A true outpouring of the Holy Ghost doesn't just bless me. Just a, I thank God it changed my life. Listen to me. I've come way too far. I know who I was before. I know what happened when I encountered God, and I encountered his fire and encountered his power. You cannot make me go back. You are too late. The fire of God is real. The power of God is real. I've seen too much, experienced too much, watched too much to know that that is not God. God is a, some the, the people laughing and getting free, people dancing and being free. Uh, I've seen them go from uh, wanting to kill themselves to to total change and transformation in their life. I've talked uh, 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 bound with sin and addiction and lifestyles that not pleasing to God. And then they're instantly free, glorifying God. And yes, they've got to get in the word so they can keep free. But I'm telling you, I've seen too much of the almightiness of God to pull away from it. I will not be like those who draw back. Come on, we're in a season where God wants to show himself. If, if there's backsliding all around us, the God who answers by fire, let him be God. It's just not natural fire anymore, it's spiritual fire. But what does he need? Well, he needs you and me to offer ourselves a living sacrifice. Jesus was the sacrifice. He was the sin sacrifice. He was the peace sacrifice. But now your body, Romans 12, 1 and 2, you offer yourselves a living sacrifice. 1 Corinthians 3, 16, 6, 19, you are now the temples of the Holy Ghost. And the temple of the Holy Ghost ought to be on fire. It ought to be on fire. Hallelujah. 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 What's he going to do? Well, um, so salvation. And then you look at verse um, 41. Then they glad- so Peter got up and he was preaching. And it says, and um, then they gladly received the word. Now listen to me. People are still going to have to receive. They received the word. Listen, don't, don't get concerned when you bring people and they don't receive the fullness thereof. I, it'll, they'll be just like me. I, I know it. I had a best friend uh, who took me to his church and um, whew, they had some power up in there. And uh, it scared this little um, traditional, I, I didn't know, I remember they took me there and they set me in the middle of the pew so I wouldn't run away. But anyway, it's a good, it's, it's a good work, you know, if you can do it, it's good. But anyway, but I, you know, they're like, what did you think? And I'm like, uh, that's not like nothing I've ever seen before. People were happy and jumping and praising God. And my church, if somebody said amen, they wouldn't know what was wrong. So I, it's not what, it's, I wasn't used to that. And yet, it marked me for my life. It marked me. Because after that, die, dead, dry, traditional would do me no more. I didn't know what I was looking for. I didn't know how to find it. And then thank God, my sister ended up going to a meeting and got filled with the Holy Ghost. Most of you know my story. But I, I, I kind of meandered <laughs> into the fullness of God. And that's really what I wanted. And nothing else would satisfy it. So don't be uh, alarmed or concerned. You bring someone and they say, eh, you know, maybe, you know, They'll, they'll, they'll stew on it a little bit like I did and, and really figure out that that's, that's the only thing that's going to work. So here it says they received. And remember, everybody has to receive for themselves. You can't make them receive. And gladly they received the word and were baptized. And the same day there were 3,000 souls. So when the fire falls, salvation should be there. Where there's the fire, where's the almightiness of God, salvation should be there. And so that's what I'm believing God for and I want you to believe God with me. I have in my 30 plus years of ministry, seen the fire fall and we've seen limited, you know, we've seen people get born again here, Sunday mornings on a very regular basis, people come back to the Lord, people get uh, born again. And we want to see that. But I just believe as the fire of God, the almightiness of God begins to be manifest more and more. The God who answers by fire, let him be God. And I believe it's going to draw people. I believe it's going. Religion will soothe your conscience momentarily. But an encounter with the most high God will change your life forever.